Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Matt May. After several years producing and facilitating corporate team building programs for a variety of companies, Matt recognized that there was an alternate way to provide individuals and corporations with engaging, interactive experiences. As a result, he created Premier Team Building and Interactive Experiences, delivering programs nationwide and abroad. As the company's president, he's responsible for the design and development of its interactive experiences, overseeing the production and facilitation of these programs, customer support, and staff training. Thanks so much for joining me today, Matt. Oh my goodness, thank you for having me. Absolutely, and, and I we are gonna hit the ground running because I would love to better understand why team building is, uh, you know, perceived as a bad word. What's going on there? Well, I, I did a, a big poll last summer. I did a few of them. I said, what's the first thing you think of when you hear or, or read the words team building? And then I asked people, what was the worst team building experience they've ever had? And what was the best? And I got answers that, you know, range the entire gamut. But basically what I was able to deduce is that people have a bad feeling about it and it in itself gets a bad rap because people have partaken in mostly through no choice of their own experiences that were not positive team building experiences. So, so many people think of team building as trust falls or zip lining, white water rafting, paintball, um, or sitting in a, a room and being told, this is how you work better as a team, right? All yeah. of those those are the most common uh, thoughts that I found. And, sure. and why people have those is because that's what they've been exposed to or they don't know better. And they've just not had positive experiences where they were not feeling threatened or uh, intimidated or left feeling that was fun and worth my time. Isn't that amazing that it's team building, but it feels like torture? It is amazing because to me, it's, I, I love it. Um, and when I leave, I'm totally exhilarated and exhausted when I leave from facilitating one. And my yeah. goal when I, when I start any experience is to, and I often tell people this, 
when when you see me walk in the door the next time, you're not going to go, oh, what are we here for today? You're going to go, oh, well, last time wasn't so bad. Let's see what we're going to do today. Right. And that that's like the worst case scenario for me. Best case scenario is you see me when you walk in the door or when I walk in the door and say, oh, my gosh, what are we doing today? Last yeah, time. Was right. Right. That there's enthusiasm around positive enthusiasm exactly. around it. Exactly. All right. But so speaking of positive, talk some about what a positive team building experience entails. Well, and, and that's, I wrote this book last year, Take the Fear Out of Team Building. It's a very short one, and it covers all of these things, which is what I'm now so passionately speaking about. Um, for, there are so many factors, and, and I could go on about all of them, so stop me if I get going too much and too deep. Okay. Them is to make sure it's safe and people feel, feel safe, whether that means safe because of COVID and germs and whatnot, or safe because they don't want to do something that's out of their comfort zone or, uh, okay, so if you're a really extroverted person and you hear team building, those people are more the, likely the people who are going to say, okay, cool, what are we doing? Let's go, let's rock and roll. Where the introverts or people who are shy or have anxiety or even nervousness or fears, they're the ones that go, oh, what do we have to do today? So if you make people feel like they're in a safe environment and not going to be tortured, like you said before, <laughs> that is a big, big way to ensure a positive. I mean, that's, that's one of the first steps. Another component that I think is important is hiring professionals to help you. So if you're not an electrician, you're not going to, well, maybe you are, I'm not going to come to your house for dinner <laughs> yourself, but do, do you know what I'm saying? You're not going to rewire sure. your entire house. If you're not yeah. an electrician, you're not going to redo all of the plumbing in your house if you're not a plumber. So why, why would you try to take on something that is supposed that could have such detrimental or on the flip side, such positive impact for mm -hmm. your team or your company, or ultimately the bottom line. So one thing I found is a lot of times executive assistants or HR professionals are tasked with producing or presenting a team building experience and they just don't know what to do. Or they say, oh, well, we can do this because Sally, she has a background in education and um, Donna Sue was a camp counselor and Joe, you know what I'm saying? They yeah. think we can pull in, but nah, at the end of the day, my personal feeling is hire a professional. We know how to get the best out of people and not push people. Um, another component to make team building successful is to make it relevant and, and customize it to your company. So does your company produce pasta sauce, for example? Great, let's do an Italian feast food truck program where we're using your sauces. That's just one example. I'm kind of yeah. shooting from here, right? Now, the, the danger here, I will tell you, and this goes back to hire professionals so they can say, not sure that's a great idea, is when you want it to be so customized, say you're doing a game show and you wanna put in lots of content because you've just done a three-day seminar and you wanna wrap it up and you're trying to get people to keep retention of what was talked about. That's all well and good and I fully support it. But 
one of the experiences I've found is don't let it be the be all end all. Scatter those things among, if you're doing trivia, for example, fun pop culture and some history and some geography and, and what I'll call trivial pursuit, general knowledge trivia, because I have experienced uh, several years ago, I was hosting a game show and it was uh, a la the family feud. So, you know, there's more than one answer, right? It's we surveyed hundred people and asked them to name blah, blah, blah. Well, the, the, I was not producing this. This is when I was freelancing and I just facilitated it. And the company had all company content. And we got to one of the questions early on with multiple answers and it, I'm not kidding. It seemed like a half hour. It was probably about eight or 10 minutes where we kept going back and forth between teams. It may have only been five. Nobody could put an answer on the board. Mm. And this was all company content that they were talking about and whatnot. So yikes, you know, I, I finally wrapped it up and moved on. Now there's a story and, and I'm sure the fish has gotten bigger the more times it's been told, but I relayed that story to a colleague and he parlayed to me that, well, there was a similar situation that he was not part of, but he had heard about from a mutual colleague, yada, yada, that um, it was one of those situations. And after 15 minutes, nobody could answer anything about the content of the, that it was company content. The CEO stood up and said, this is over, go home. So, um, wow. there yeah, yeah, exactly. So a professional is going to say, yes, what content do you want to put in? All right, let's pull it back a little now. Let's weed out stuff you really don't need. So those are three, three components right there that I, I have found make for successful positive team building experiences. Those are just three of many. And you know, what's interesting is with the, with the companies that had it like all company content, that's not really team building. You know, the focus feels like it's in the wrong place on that. Well, and they're, they're hoping that teams are going to rally around with each other and, and there's a little bit of competition and they're going to be the victors and remember the most and be able to convey the most that they've retained. And sometimes, well, like I said, it just completely backfires. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But speaking of competition, is it good in team building? Do you think? I do. There are some people who say, uh, and this was this was a response I got, and I'm paraphrasing. I will never do anything that's competitive because that's not team building. And the the reference was into paintball, so I can understand that, right? However, light-hearted competition is fun. People like to win things, Diane, right? What are we early on? Really, uh, in the U.S. is what I'm familiar with, but across across the globe, what are we rewarded with for doing good work? good grades. You do well, you earn a good grade in whatever subject in school, and you move on to the next level, right? Well, what's yeah. the mother of all, yeah, I'm generally uh, paraphrasing, or, wow, okay, I am generalizing here, but what is the mother of all, of all winnings? The Powerball lottery, right? People play, sure. play lotto because they want to win. So it's inherent. We're inherently competitive. Even people who say, I'm not competitive. And there are plenty of people out there. My best friend is not terribly competitive. But when you put those people in a team, it sort of permeates and gets everyone on the same, uh, on the same team, so to speak, wanting to win. And it's all in fun. Now, look, I'm not saying I don't do uh, 
whitewater rafting. I don't do paintball. I don't do stuff that's really intense like that. I mean, if you have a custom thing, I will, of course. But overall, that's not my goal. My goal is to put people who may or may not work together in a day-to-day -day basis in a room together or on a beach or whatever, give them challenges that they need to complete in order to win and be victorious, right? Then they organically communicate and collaborate. So it, it, people being inherently competitive do like to talk smack and have a little bit of fun. So I think lighthearted competition is totally healthy in team building and 99% of our experiences are built around that premise. Well, and I think one of the keys there is lighthearted. So, so it's not really trying to smash the competition. It's correct. Yeah. Because ultimately your competition is still part of your larger team. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So you don't want any bad feelings there. So team building is beneficial to organizations of all kinds. Talk some about actually what it does, not just for the people, but for the organization, for the company as, as a whole, as an entity. Sure. So let's start with the people. If you have people who get to know each other a little bit and start to see each other as people rather than just the lady who works next to me, whether it be in an office, on an assembly line, in a cubicle, whatever, you just organically appreciate people more and you're maybe more likely to ask for help, share an idea, or even just say hello in the morning, right? <laughs> so that alone gets people in a more cohesive unit. So everyone just subconsciously is working toward the larger goal. But when you get people to communicate and collaborate organically, that's my big catchphrase. It, I don't push it down people's throats and pound it into their heads. It's let's see what you, you come up with by yourselves. So here's a good example. I have heard a variation of this story many, many, many times. And I it, it makes my heart just swell bigger than the Grinches after he, he finds Christmas, right? Okay. Joe, Joe from the New York office was on a team with Sally from the Los Angeles office. And the client will call me and say, hey, you did a, a team building program where we built bikes for kids nine months ago. Yeah, it was great. What, are you ready to do another one? We are, but that's not why I'm calling today. Okay, I wanted to tell you what happened. Great, so she tells me that Joe and Sally were on the same team and they start out talking because this is what happens. People start out talking about work. By the end of it, they're talking about their kids and where they went on vacation and where they're going on vacation. So it's the organic process of opening up and learning about each other as people. But early on in that uh, challenge, Sally was telling about a problem she had with a client. Well, Joe recently had the same problem. So he picked up the phone and called Sally, which I know is a novelty these days, who up until that point was nothing more than a name and an email address in the company directory. Hey, Sally, it's Joe from New York. We were on the team together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, I don't remember all the details, but I know you talked about this problem you had with a client. I'm having the same thing or something really similar. Can you remind me what you did to solve it? So Sally tells Joe, great, thank you so much. Joe uses the same tactics 
and ultimately nips it in the bud before it becomes a big problem. Now that all happened and that connection was made while they were having lighthearted competition, competing against their colleagues just for fun, organically getting to know each other and talking, shooting the breeze and building bikes for kids, giving back. So how many pieces to that puzzle are all positive? All of them, Yeah. I, right? And ultimately that coming full circle here to answer your question affects the bottom line. So all of those pieces together are helping the company and it, it all kind of just happens because you put the pieces together and people just move them where they need to move to make the puzzle. Yeah, and I, I really like this organic because it really isn't forcing the issue. It's creating an environment where it happens naturally. Exactly, oh. exactly. Yeah, that's a big difference. Mm -hmm. Wow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Okay. Is there like a best time to do team building activities? Okay. That is a, <laughs> that's a million dollar question. <laughs> Oh, any time is good, of course, right? Because whenever you do it, you're, if you do it well and, and use professionals and whatnot, you're going to get positive uh, reinforcement and positive aspects out of it. Now, another conversation I have had more often than I would care to admit is a client will say, we want to do it at the end of the day, after lunch, be, uh, after a three-day conference, before we send everyone off to the uh, airport to go home. Okay, why? because we want to end it on a high and people having fun. Okay, good. Very good reasons. I support that. However, let's go back to earlier in our conversation. And you told me that this is 500 salespeople coming in from all around North America, right? Yes. And this is the first time you're meeting since COVID, right? Yes. And a lot of these people are new and have never met without being on a, maybe even on a webinar, they haven't even seen each other, right? Yes. Okay. Why don't you think about doing this right after breakfast or after the morning keynote on day one? Well, why? Because we've just established that all these people don't know each other or most of them don't. Let's put them in a team with nine other people. So 
immediately they're going to start interacting with nine other people, right? In the room with all 490 others. So the winning team is going to win gold medals. Great. Rah, rah, sis, boom, bah. We'll encourage them to wear them for the rest of the day and maybe even through their next three days. Well, then that evening, after the afternoon sessions and content and whatnot, when they go to the cocktail party, they're wearing their medals because they had a great time and they feel really good. And they're like, woohoo, yes, we were the winners. Well, first of all, they know nine other people automatically. So it's not the awkward, hey, what's your territory? You know what I mean? They've already broken all that ice five hours earlier and gotten to know at least nine other people. And then you get other people coming in who were not on the winning team and you know the second place team we were robbed you stole that from us i mean again it goes back to being competitive and people just having lighthearted fun then you get those people interacting and it gives them something to talk about again as people or as the experience they just had and it's not all about well what do you think about the new content and the right i mean you know there's yeah. plenty of that don't get me wrong i am not belittling i know content is very important but at a social event like that, let's get to know each other as people because that is going to, again, convert to the bottom line being raised organically by knowing each other and feeling comfortable enough to run over and say, hey, help me with this, would you please? Right. So I'm a big proponent of doing them early on, especially if people don't know each other. Yeah, especially. I th- That makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, it really gets everyone comfortable and really can spark be be the beginning of a great total event correct and if it's done well it kicks it off with a really fun positive yeah uh, backing behind it right bonus okay this is what this the next three days are going to be like communicating collaborating having some fun yeah exactly now um you know you said something before about when you're talking to a company and they say what they want to do. And so you ask questions and, and whatnot. And, and it feels like, um, customizing is better than just, you know, something off the shelf. Um, but I, I have two questions about that. The first one is why it is customizing better than, you know, like the one size fits all thing. And the second one is, how does a company identify what sort of team building activities they should uh, be engaging in? Okay, so the answer to the first question is, I don't necessarily think it is. I don't think customizing is better. It's okay. just many people like to do that because they want to incorporate some retention or or... Or maybe again, here we go. I just facilitated a program yesterday and the custom question was all about people. Now they were gonna throw these in um, in a, a program the day before and they never got to it. So it was never put out there, but it was a way during it for people to learn about each other. One was which colleague of yours won a camel race in Egypt? <laughs> True, I know, right? Oh my gosh, so hello. If you don't know who she is, and these were salespeople, there you go. You're going to go over. And, and, and when it was there, I said, where is this person? Where is, stand up, stand up, give a wave. Okay, that's who she is. There's the camel winner. Which person was um, a Taekwondo champion from age 12 to 15? 
there was another person. W one of them was drafted for the M uh, Major League Baseball Seattle Mariners. Mm. They didn't know any of these things about each other, but they learned them by playing this trivia game. And again, I'm sure they were subsequent conversation pieces later on in the day. So it's not that it's better. It's just an option if people want to put stuff like that in a getting to know you type thing or whether they want to, like I said, put company content in, in the hope that it's, what do we say? Uh, what's the phrase? Repetition makes it, I don't know, stick. Or something familiarity. Like that. I don't know. No, exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's a strong reason to do it. Not that it's better, but so, for people who want to do it, absolutely. Now, the other question it was, oh, oh, what type of, of experiences are best? That is totally a case-by-case -case answer. So what I like to do, and, and I am not one of these people, I understand that when you have a committee, you need to schedule a phone call, a conference call when everyone can be there. But I am not somebody who requires 48 emails and an act of Congress to have a phone <laughs> call with one other person. I just pick up the phone. Usually if it's a new client, I pick up the phone right away and say, hey, I just wanted to introduce myself. You filled out this form. You gave me some basic information. Talk to me a little bit more. What does your company do? What is the demographics? What is the age of the people? Where are they coming from? If you have an event in Florida and you have people coming from Canada, they're going to want to be outside. So let's talk about an outside event, whether it be games on the beach, games on a lawn, or doing a cooking activity outside. We can do any of those, but they're probably going to want to be outside if they're coming from Toronto and it's March. Okay, so yeah. that's a question that I ask. Do you have a CSR mission with your company? If so, is there a certain, does it target a certain demographic of charity? Is, your, is children really important to you? Are veterans really important to you? Are animals really important to you? Do you want this to be part of your CSR mission? Sometimes they say, yes, we have one, but no, we really just want this to be totally fun and games. Okay, cool. Or we want this to be a longer period. We don't just want to do a two hour thing. We want it to incorporate their dinner and we want it to incorporate a happy hour and the full dinner and, and great. So let's talk about culinary programs where full meals are created. So it really depends on, on a number of factors, many of which it I just- sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I like yeah. to think that um, I'm pretty good at pulling stuff out of my hat really quickly when people tell me some of this stuff. Although I will say, and this just makes me giggle, I guess. It's not frustrating. It's just silly to me. People will, will contact us through the form on our website, but what type of activities and experiences are you interested in? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just go and spend some minutes and scroll through what we offer and tell me what piques your interest? That helps. Um, so that, again, that just makes me giggle. But I think some people, going back to what we talked about early on, are so overwhelmed yeah. when they're tasked with create find a team building experience for our group of two hundred who are going to be in Colorado in three months, and it's like, what? Uh, um, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you, and I think partly because 
they've probably had experiences that weren't real great and they're looking for something that is. And so they, they may not even be able to even articulate what that might look like. Right. Um, so doing the research and, you know, looking through the website would be a good idea. Um, are there, do you think it's a one and done or are there times when it's more of a program? Um, I, I think I understand what you're saying. I personally believe that it should be a regular uh, component in any and all industries and any and all companies. Now, I, if you have an annual meeting, great, do it there. But I also think smaller teams it's not just about bringing everyone from the whole country together. It's also about smaller teams that work together on a day-to-day -day basis, whether that be 30 people, 20 people, 100 people, whatever. Those are just as important. Now, nowadays, with people working from home, and I know people are going back to offices, but there are a lot of organizations that are keeping people at home that have completely closed offices or are doing scattered or saying, yes, you have to be in the office two days a week, but you can work home three. So people are not seeing each other as much. My hope is that, especially with office space, if you're saving money on office space and real estate, that people will use it now to bring people together for an all hands, whether that's an all hands for the, the local Cleveland office or uh, an all hands for the company throughout the country or the, the world, I hope people will do it. And I really hope people are going to do it at least semi-annually, if not quarterly, because when people are still so distanced, I think it's important to bring them together. And again, let's have some fun. Fun is not a bad word. Yes, that, that's right. That's the one that, that is not a bad word. And boy, you just brought up something um, also. What have you seen in the past, you know, two years with organizations, I, I would think the past two years made team building even that much more important. It absolutely did. Uh, abs and it was important before, but I think people are recognizing it more now, having been so isolated for the past yeah. two years. Um, and a lot of people, including us, have virtual experiences and there is definitely a place for them. To me, they're not the same. They're, they're absolutely a place and they are filling uh, a niche. And if, if your company has a mandate that no, you're, we're not going back to face-to-face -to -face yet or your state does or, or your whatever, it, they definitely are valuable. But I really believe that the face-to-face -face is, is so important because I mean, I, I'm doing a, a program with a colleague and one of the things we talk about is how important touch is and just a handshake and a human, yeah. human physical connection. I mean, as people look, whether all species, we're with our mothers from the day we're born and mothers nurture us, right? And we want to be held. And, and I think I'm, I'm paraphrasing Tuesdays with Maury. I think this is where it got into my head where he says as babies, we need to be held. And then somehow we, we veer away from that as adults but then when we're older and our time is coming to a close, we want human connection and touch again. Mm -hmm. 
So why not keep it prevalent throughout? Yeah, well, I totally agree with you. I think in-person is so much better for so many reasons. Um, touch, just being able to be in that same physical space with other people and have that energy level. There's, there's, a, there's such a distance that is created with virtual um, that when you have to do it, you do it and you, and you make the best of it. But if you have a choice, I think in-person is absolutely the way you got to go. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I'm thrilled that you think that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I do training and boy, uh, you know, in-person training is so much better than virtual. So. Just for the fact that you, you see um, nonverbal communication. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, it's the engagement. It's everything right. about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Boy, Matt, I love this information. I think this is so valuable. Um, and I, for me, helps people see team building in a bit of a different way, more positive and, and fun. Um, so thank you so much for spending this time with me and sharing this information. I really appreciate you, you having me and, and you hit the, the word again, fun. And I, yeah. if I may wrap this up, I fully admit I am a Hallmark movie junkie. I, I admit it openly. Um, and there's, there's one that I saw last summer and it was very timely because I was working on the book and everything. And th the quote was, and I know that fun isn't typical metric in the corporate world, but I mean, you know what it's worth, dot, dot, dot. Because fun allows people to relax and be fully themselves which yeah. makes them productive and more engaged and affects the bottom line. And earlier about why, why do it? So. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Will, and thank you for sharing that. Will you also share with the listeners how they can find you, how they can find your book, you know, anything that would be of value for them? The best way to find me is premierteambuilding.com. The you can there's a few different spots that the book pops up there and you can buy that on Amazon either as a Kindle or as a paperback. Uh, there's a contact form there that has all of our social media links as well. So I would love to hear from your listeners and anybody who says that they found us through this podcast. Um, we will offer 10% off the uh, base price of their first experience with us. My gosh, thank you for that. That is so nice of you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, once again, thank you for doing this. And listeners, thank you. I think this gives you, if, I mean, I'm energized and I don't have a team. So <laughs> you should be energized. Uh, and, and really, it, it's a serious thing. And especially as we come out of COVID and it is so important to get the band back together. Mm -hmm. so to speak, right? That really do your, yourself a favor and take a closer look at this whole concept. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling 
on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.